Section 19 of Selections from the Table Talk of Martin Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Warner. Selections from the Table Talk of Martin Luther by Martin Luther. Translated by Henry Bell. Section 19. Of the Imperial Diet at Augsburg. Anno 1530. The imperial diet held at Augsburg, 1530, is worthy of all praise. For then and from thence came the gospel among the people in other countries, contrary to the wills and expectations both of the emperor and pope. Therefore, said Luther, what hath been spent there should be grievous to no man. God appointed the imperial diet at Augsburg. To the end, the gospel should be spread further abroad and planted. They overclimbed themselves at Augsburg. For the papists openly approved there of our doctrine. Before that diet was held, the papists had made the emperor believe that our doctrine was altogether frivolous, and when he came to the diet, he should see that they would put us all to silence, insomuch that none of us should be able to speak a word in defense of our religion. But it fell out far otherwise, for we openly and freely confessed the gospel before the emperor and the whole empire, and at that diet we confounded our adversaries in the highest degree. The imperial diet at Augsburg was invaluable, by reason of the confession of faith and of God's word, which on our part was there performed, for there the adversaries were constrained to confess that our confession was upright and true, of the confession and apology which at Augsburg was exhibited to the emperor. The emperor, said Luther, censured understandingly and discreetly, and carried himself princely in this cause of our religion. He found our confession to be far otherwise than the papists had informed him, namely, that we were most ungodly people, and led most wicked and detestable kinds of lives, and that we taught against the first and second tables of the Ten Commandments of God. For this cause the emperor sent our confession and apology to all the universities. His council also delivered their opinions, and said, in case their doctrine were against the holy Christian faith, then they thought fitting that his imperial majesty should seek to suppress it with all his power, but if it be only against ceremonies and abuses, as now it appeareth to be, then to refer to it to the consideration and censure of learned people, etc. This, said Luther, was good and wise counsel. Dr. Eck confessed openly and said, The Protestants cannot be confuted and opposed out of holy scripture. Therefore the bishop of Maine said unto him, Oh, how finely our learned divines do defend us in our doctrine. The bishop of Maine's, said Luther, holdeth our doctrine to be upright and true, but he only courteth the Pope. Otherwise, long before this time, he would have played strange pranks with his holiness. Of the strength and profit of the confession and apology of Augsburg. God's word is powerful. The more it is persecuted, the more and further it spreadeth itself abroad. Behold the imperial diet at Augsburg, which doubtless is the last trumpet before the dreadful day of judgment. How raged the world there against the word! Oh, said Luther, how were we there fain to pray the Pope and Papist that they would be pleased to permit and suffer Christ to live quietly in heaven? There our doctrine broke through into the light in such sort that by the Emperor's strict command the same was sent to all kings, princes, and universities. This our doctrine forthwith enlightened many excellent people, dispersed here and there in princes' courts, among whom some of God were chosen to take hold of this our doctrine like unto tender, and afterwards kindled the same also in others. Our apology and confession with great honor came to light. The papist computations are kept in darkness and do stink. Oh, said Luther, 
how willingly would i that their computations might appear to the world that i would set upon that old torn and tattered skin and in such sort would baste it that the flinches thereof should fly about here and there but they shun the light this time twelve months no man would have given a farthing for the protestants so sure the ungodly papists were of us for said luther when my most gracious lord and master the prince elector of saxony before other princes came to the diet the papists marvelled much thereat for they verily believed that he would not have appeared by reason as they imagined his cause was too bad and foul to be brought before the light but what fell out even this that in their greatest security they were overwhelmed with the greatest fear and affrightments because the prince elector like an upright prince appeared so early at augsburg then the other popish princes swiftly posted away from augsburg to innsbruck where they held serious counsel with prince george and the marquis of baden all of them wondering what the prince electors so early approach to the diet should mean insomuch that the emperor himself thereat was astonished and doubted whether he might come and go in safety or not whereupon the princes were constrained to promise that they would set up body goods and blood by the emperor the one offering to maintain six thousand horse another so many thousands of foot soldiers etc to the end his majesty might be the better secured there was a wonder among wonders to be seen in that god struck with fear and cowardliness the enemies of the truth and although at that time the prince elector of saxony was alone and but only the hundredth sheep while the others were ninety and nine yet notwithstanding it so fell out that they all trembled and were afraid now when they came to the point and began to take the business in hand then there appeared but a very small heap that stood by god's word but said luther we brought with us a strong and mighty king a king above all emperors and kings namely christ jesus the powerful word of god then all the papists cried out and said oh it is unsufferable that so small and silly a heap should set themselves against the imperial power but said luther the lord of hosts frustrateth the counsels of princes pilate had power to put our blessed saviour to death but willingly he would not anus and caiaphas willingly would have done it but could not the emperor for his own part is good and honest but the popish bishops and cardinals are undoubtedly knaves and forasmuch as the emperor now refuseth to bathe his hands in innocent blood therefore the frantic princes do bestir themselves do scorn and contemn the good emperor in the highest degree the pope also for anger is ready to burst in pieces because the diet in this sort without shedding of blood should be dissolved therefore he sendeth the sword to the duke of bavaria to proceed therewith and intended to take the crown from the emperor's head and to set it upon the head of bavaria but he shall not accomplish it in this manner ordered god the business that kings princes yea and the pope himself fell from the emperor and that we joined with him which was a great wonder of god's providence in that he whom the devil intended to use against us even the same god taketh maketh and useth for us o wonder said luther above all wonders of the assembly of the princes at brunswick fifteen thirty one when the princes professing the augustinian confession held an assembly at brunswick then luther received three letters wherein was shown that the prince elector of saxony journeyed five days through the marquisate of brandenburg whereas prince henry of brunswick would neither give him convoy nor permit him to go through his country but the prince elector of brandenburg in his country gave him princely entertainment at every place and many went out of brunswick to meet and to receive him 
but the landgrave of hessen went to the other side through gosler without a convoy christianus king of denmark the second day of the assembly delivered up the confession of his faith and was held and esteemed a second david whereupon luther said god of his mercy assist him for the sanctifying of his name but said he the pride of the duke of brunswick may easily redound to his own hurt and prejudice who contrary to all law and equity denied a safe convoy to one of his best and truest friends moses likewise desired a safe convoy to the king of the amorites but being denied he thereby took occasion to raise war against him the lord of heaven grant us peace the same day other letters came to luther from brunswick showing that the king of denmark in person the ambassadors of england and france and of many imperial cities were arrived there among whom some carried themselves very strangely toward those of the protestant league luther said under the name and color of the gospel they seek their own particular advantages but in the least danger they are afraid these politic and terrestrial leagues and unions have no hand nor share in the gospel god alone preserveth and defendeth the same in times of persecution let us put trust and confidence in him and with him let us erect and establish an everlasting league for the world is the world and will remain the world of the convention and assembly of the protestant state at frankfurt on the main fifteen thirty nine god of his infinite mercy said luther assist them at frankfurt on the main that they may christian-like consult and conclude to the end that god's honor the good and profit of the commonwealth may be furthered indeed it is a very small assembly it hath a strange aspect to be held in an imperial city but forasmuch as they are thereunto constrained by the adversaries they must be content the papists void of shame do unwisely undertake to possess themselves of the cities and by fraud to draw thereunto their adherents then they make show of keeping peace but in the meantime they contrive how to separate and confuse the whole body and of the members to make a massacre they secretly fall upon hamburg upon minden and frankfurt they might more wisely go to work if by open wars they assailed us at augsburg they openly condemned us and if those of our party had not been patient it had presently gone on at that time anno fifteen thirty nine the sixteenth of february luther commanded public prayers to be made for the day at frankfurt that peace might be confirmed for if the landgrave be incensed then all resistance will be in vain the landgrave neither provoketh nor giveth occasion to wars but on the contrary when he is provoked he still seeketh peace whereas notwithstanding he is better furnished and provided for wars than his adversary is by two thousand horse for hessen and saxon are horsemen when they are set in the saddle they are not then so easily hoisted out again as for the high country horsemen they said luther are dancing gentlemen god preserve the landgrave for a valiant man and prince is of great importance augustus caesar was wont to say i would rather be in an army of stags where a lion is general than to be in an army of lions where a stag is general the twenty fifth of february luther prayed again with great devotion for peace and for the day at frankfurt that through civil wars which are most hurtful the religion policy and god's word might not be sophisticated and torn in pieces wars are pleasing to those who have had no trial or experience of them god bless us from wars end of section nineteen recording by mark warner End of Selections from the Table Talk of Martin Luther by Martin Luther Translated by Henry Bell